I love awkward girl representation. <laughs> There's a very logical explanation for all this. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Who's Your Mommy podcast. My name is Abby Elsethagen. And my name is Grace Ward. In this podcast, we explore bisexuality, gender roles, and early 2000s media, and the role it's played on our lives. And we also talk a lot about Linda Cardellini. Linda Cardellini. Hey again, we just wanted to give one little warning before we jump into the show that we do talk about PG-13 and R-rated stuff on here, but we promise we will warn you if we're about to get into some X-rated content. We might not tell you every time we're about to say the word fuck, but we will warn you anytime we're about to get into some deep shit. Enjoy the show. person in my One of my coworkers. We were talking about how to like gain more um, uh, like following of people in my age demographic. And one mm-hmm. of my coworkers goes, you can just have Grace make us a TikTok account. She's had a few go viral. And I was like, no, I don't no. want anyone from my real life to have seen my TikTok. Ah, ah. It was terrible. That is terrifying. It was I, the worst. <laughs> I very recently made my TikTok account private because I just am done with TikTok. It's so silly. Well, now that Instagram's also TikTok, mm-hmm. what am I supposed to do with my time? That, okay, that is on my list of things to talk about. It's on the Abby list. It's on the Abby <laughs> list. I sent Grace a list of things that I need to talk about on this episode, and there are two items on it, and one of them is, can someone please teach me how to use Instagram? <laughs> it's such a fucking strange thing. I, I don't know how it works anymore. I used no. to know. I used to understand. That's what I thought. Like, I, I like to think of myself as having a, a nice cultivated Instagram. Yeah. Like, I take good care of my personal Instagram. Mm-hmm. But now I don't fucking know. Yeah. I just see Drew Bear. <laughs> I was talking to my mom. She goes, Grace, I keep seeing Drew Barrymore videos and I don't know why. I don't follow her. I always check. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, girly, I don't know. You're that's, on Drew Barrymore Instagram. Sorry, gal. You're going to put me on Drew Barrymore Instagram because you keep sending me your reels. <laughs> well, they're so wild that they, they keep are. popping up. I'm like, Drew. <laughs> the one of her in the rain, just like Every laughing. Every you get to dance in the rain, take it. We never can this time back. Drew, if you're listening to this, I do love you. I am sorry to make fun of the way you talk, and you're welcome to make fun of me. <laughs> we, but we genuinely do adore you. Yeah, it's very she's fun. She's so cool. Drew Barrymore. I think, I, I think like she's becoming a pop culture icon. That's the funniest thing about social media is like, who, who gets any celebrity status anymore? It's a roll of a coin. JoJo mm-hmm. Siwa. I, I, I am fucking obsessed with Jojo Siwa. I follow her life so closely. I think about her every day. <laughs> and that's just social media. <laughs> do you not think about her every day? I do not think about Jojo Siwa every <laughs> single day of my life. <laughs> well, I do. <laughs> Jojo is just like, if there's a Venn diagram of things I love... Gay people, dancing with the stars, hyper pop <laughs> aesthetics. It's she's just at the center of them. Yes. I want her memoir. 
Jojo Siwa, release the entire story. Jojo, tell us tell all us the full story. I think she might be going through a breakup because I follow her Instagram so closely that I noticed when she posted a video of herself singing, singing Happier Than Ever by Billie Eilish in her car. She drives a Lamborghini, by the way. She was crying and she's singing Happier Than Ever. And I was like, oh no, Jojo got dumped. <laughs> I was like, this is it. She, there's no, like, and so then I went, like, combed her Instagram, combed who I think her is her ex-girlfriend's Instagram, mm-hmm. and they took down a couple pictures of each other together, and I, and I think they're, I think, I think they broke up, <laughs> and I'm devastated. Like, I'm sad. Was the girlfriend cool? Uh, I don't know. I, I know that JoJo, like, I think is just, like, was really in love with her. Mm-hmm. Brandon Brandon thinks that if they've broken up twice, it's probably not a healthy relationship, and like we probably don't need to be sad about it. But I still feel sad because sometimes it's sad when even when things that are bad go away. Also, lesbians just really do be breaking up and getting back together. It's a so it's so so such lesbian energy. I don't pull that shit. I no. do not give second chances. No, you truly do not. Mm-mm rarely i don't i can't think of a time that i have no you're done you're done i definitely have given second chances and i don't think i regretted any of them but i do kind of wish that i hadn't i can't relate i've never given a second (laughs) chance i like there have been friendships that i've thought were over that weren't over Mm -hmm. but like especially in romantic relationships i kind of feel like i have blinders on but then as soon as i'm like Nope. Mm-hmm. It's nopesies for good. Yeah. We had kind of a big moment, speaking of social media, <laughs> which is that we lost two Instagram followers. So if you're Whoever the two you are, people, you goddamn cowards. You've heard our feelings. <laughs> I've been pressed about this. I've been checking how many followers we have to see if we get any back. Um, if you listen to this podcast and you don't follow us on Instagram, we do have an Instagram. We're not... We're not super consistent. No. But we will be eventually. Once I figure out how to curate it properly, which also took me a while with my own personal Instagram, but like we'll figure out an aesthetic, we'll figure out where we're going. Someday we may post a TikTok. Instagram is incredibly stupid. And I I am not like a big account. Like I keep my circle of people that I actually care about and want to see and like follow pretty small. Um I But I used to get, like, a good solid ratio of likes. Mm-hmm. My most recent post got 50 likes. Weird. Isn't that so weird? Very strange. I mm-hmm. So I like to think I have a handful of followers. Yeah. But I, yeah, I don't know how it works anymore. And I don't see as many people who I like anymore. No, I don't like, see I don't anybody do. that I care about. Well, and I don't know how to promote this podcast because it's like, fuck if i know (laughs) like we put it on our stories i mean chase put us on his story the other day and we didn't even get another follower we literally didn't even get any more followers from that and chase has a lot of followers so i'm really disappointed by that there was this uh this book that my mom used to read us as kids where it was this little society of puppet people (laughs) who gave out likes when they saw someone that they thought was beautiful they Mm -hmm. would get a little heart that stuck to them um and i don't remember what it's called if you know what this book is i am familiar with this this book book, yes very specific children's book but that's how i feel is i'm like nobody's giving me the little heart stickers yeah and i want them (laughs) i know i don't need them to be happy i just want them and also i don't know how else 
other than like word of mouth and making people tell each other about our podcast, like how do we get more people to listen to it? So if you listen to our podcast and you're another podcast or you know things that are successful, DM us. (laughs) And if you are just a person who understands Instagram, like how in its current state, Go you. Also DM us. <laughs> we're getting, el- we're elderly we at are, this point. I thought you were about to say we are taking L's and I was like, we are also taking L's. <laughs> <We> yes. <are. laughs> so that's the first order of business for yeah. today apparently is Grace and Abby bitch about Instagram. Yeah. I think we need to make a TikTok, but I don't know. We do have a TikTok. It's at who's your mommy pod, but there's nothing on it because e. I don't know. <laughs> we should make a TikTok right now. What it, what about? I'll tell people to follow us on Instagram. <laughs> okay, we'll do it when we're done recording. <laughs> okay. Um, um, but my second order of business, <laughs> both of them are housekeeping things, so they're going at the beginning of the podcast. Fair enough. Um, but last episode, I talked about how um, there were some sources that I used for like comfort movie information, and those are all listed in our link tree right now. Um, and those will be updating, like depending on what resources we use for each episode, like the resources will cycle through, like depending on what the newest episode is. Yo, that's sick. I just learned that (laughs) because I was listening to our newest episode and I was like, hmm, I didn't put any sources in our link in the bio in our little show notes. I also think that it's just like kind of a sick joke to be making a podcast when both of us have ADHD Mm -hmm. because we will we hyper fixate for like two months Mm -hmm. and then two weeks we we get so distracted yeah and so we're like team we really are working to get a backlog of episodes so we can consistently release every week we have a plan such a goal of ours it's been a goal of ours since the beginning of this podcast. Mm But we, we're trying to trick ourselves. We're working so hard. Besties, we'll get there. We are slow learners, but we will get there. <laughs> we are slow learners. You know, I feel like um, we are worms from Hercules. You know, Brandon's never seen that movie. What? I know. Okay, that one's on our list, isn't yeah, it? it yeah, it is. It's fucking bonkers to me that he's never seen that movie. Because I quote specifically, we are worms. Yeah, you do all the time. Which one? Are you pain or panic? Which one's? Blue. I don't know actually which one's which. Blue (laughs) one or red one? Um, I feel like I'm the red one. Yeah, I think I'm the blue one. (laughs) (laughs) That's us. Pain and panic. We are worms. Worms. So those are our orders of business. I actually want to start this episode. If you're listening to it, you probably know what movie we're talking about. But I have to, in my mind, this is how I'm going to structure this um, <laughs> this episode. So I need to tell you a story. I'm so excited. Once upon a time in a land far, far away, Anaheim, California, <laughs> Disney Studios was working on a feature film um, that had gone through many t- many titles in its existence. It had recently been switched. We'll talk about we'll talk about the history of this movie soon. Okay. It had recently sw- been switched. They were changing out some of the characters, and they needed a Disney prince because their goal was to make the first fully CGI Disney princess movie. And a Disney princess needs a Disney prince. Mm-hmm. They didn't know how to do it. They wanted to make this kind of bad boy. And they didn't know how to make a bad boy and have him still be like a likable Disney prince. And so. The Disney animators tried tried so hard, these straight boys, they tried so hard to create like a sexy, 
man bad boy who was like cute and gentle and loving the prototype Flynn writers is what they were working on Mm -hmm. and they were not doing well they were like we don't know we don't know what's working and so they drew over a hundred prototype Flynn writers and laid them all out on a on a conference room table at Disney Studios and then every every woman co-worker one day they were like we're having our Flynn Rider meeting where they 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 called the women in and were like pick the most attractive man like choose which like judge these which what who's a Disney prince because they were it was in this period of change where you have your initial Disney princess who are this very like 50s storybook man mm-hmm. then you have your you know your Lee Shang, John Smith, Aladdin, who are kind of like baddies, but not like that baddie and actually not like all that likable. Yeah. They're just like there. You're mm-hmm. like, thank you. Next. <laughs> They're like, we want a memorable boy character. We want a really memorable, cool Disney prince who is like an active protagonist in this story and we need him to be perfect and wonderful. And so the women spent like five and a half hours picking Flynn Rider. And the character sketch they landed on is the one they went with. Okay. All these different noses, all these different designs. Some of the initial drawings look like Kristoff, some of the in- from Frozen. Some of oh. them, you know, Prince Naveen was not a very memorable or well-liked Disney prince. And they mm-hmm. were like, we have to bounce back. And that's kind of the history of Tangled in a nutshell, is that Princess and the Frog was not as successful as they needed it to be. And so they were like, we're going to make a movie <laughs> that is so successful (laughs) and they they did it it was like by all accounts a smash hit it was extremely expensive Mm -hmm. but it was a hit i don't know how much of its budget it recouped but it probably did well yeah because little girls loved it and it paved the way for frozen fever which is what happened in 2013 which we will not be talking about not today. Not today. Maybe someday. Maybe someday we'll get to Frozen, but we were eighth graders, so. Yeah. So I guess we should say, like, the reason that we picked this movie is because this is kind of the last Disney princess movie that we really enjoyed as young girls. As children. Yeah. By the time Frozen came around, I was into Katniss Everdeen. Yes. I wasn't into Anna. Anna wasn't for me. No. And I really believe that there are just... At some point, you age out of Disney. And that that doesn't mean you can't like Disney. That doesn't mean you can't love the movies. But what's pulling you towards them is a nostalgia factor, a joy factor, a comfort factor, and not a this was designed for you. And Mm -hmm. so sometimes I watch Disney movies and I'm like, this was not made for me. I'm not the age demographic this movie was shooting for. Therefore, some of it will feel stupid. Yeah. I And like when Frozen came out, I thought Let It Go was a fucking bop. (laughs) <laughs> but that was like it wasn't for me mm-hmm. it was for you know 10 year olds eight year olds five year olds four year olds it was for girls who weren't us yeah but tangled was for us tangled was basically for people our age at the time mm-hmm. it was exactly for us well and it wasn't like a like spoon feedy little mm-hmm. movie it has some spoon feedy moments which we'll get to mm-hmm. but it was like also designed to be an adventure yeah and an action story and that's really fun. Mm-hmm. Um, you learn about, when you're writing, you learn about the tropes of, of action films. And Tangled hits every trope of an action film. It's so exciting and really funny to me. Um, we'll get into the tropes of action literature because it's very exciting. But mm, first of all, I'm very curious. 
when did you see Tangled? What was your experience with Tangled as a little as a little one? Um, so I don't really remember like what time of the year Tangled came out, but I think it was sometime around like I want to say like some kind of holiday where my family decided to go see a movie like for mm-hmm. some reason um and it we went to the downtown edwards theater oh, which we didn't go to very often yes rip <laughs> um <laughs> and that was like one of my core memories of that theater is seeing tangled there um for the very first time and i remember absolutely loving it in theaters yeah me too i, I was so into it so we i think it came out at christmas cuz we saw it on christmas um, okay, day. that might have been it. Yeah, we saw it with my grandparents. They took us to see it, and I'd just gotten the f- this for real friend's parrot, mm-hmm. um, and I brought it. <laughs> and I remember holding it on my arm the whole time. I turned it off. It didn't squawk. But so you remember funny. for real friends? Yes, I do. In the pre-iPad kids days, <laughs> that was peak technology, was for real friends. I had Baby Chimp, too. Baby oh my Chimp God. was like my my treasure. I would have been so jealous of you because my mom would not buy us any, like, realistic animal toys because she found them so annoying. Like, do you remember Ooh, Zuzu so pets? Fair. I fucking loved Zuzu pets. We were not allowed to have them because they were too annoying. <laughs> no, fair enough. My mom probably wouldn't have bought them, but my grandparents, I'm the oldest grandchild, mm-hmm. and my little brother, Ruben, um, I love you, Ruben, was super into all the girl toys, too. Mm -hmm. So we would play with them together. And I think my parents really loved watching us play together because Ruben and I would fucking rage. We would (laughs) Zuzu pets. We would um, Zubles. They were like Bakugans, but for girls. Oh. (laughs) Not for girls. They were marketed to young girls, but anyone can love them, obviously. But, Mm -hmm. like, they were the girl equivalent, quote, unquote, of Bakugans. Yeah. Where they're little cute animals. Furberries. I do not remember Bro, those. I had such a Furberries face. They're these little it looks like a soccer ball and you it but it's it's a berry, like a pink little or blue or purple berry. Then you pop it open and it's a little dog or cat. <laughs> will you put a picture of a Furberry in the link in the bio? <laughs> yeah, I this will. This is important. <laughs> Furberry. I I think they were probably like an early 2000s toy. But, um, oh my God, Furberry, it's not popping up. And I'm like, did I imagine? Okay, here they are. <laughs> um, it was probably a little uh, older than us, like maybe a late 90s kid thing. But I okay. found a commercial for them on YouTube and I got obsessed. And then I got <laughs> Ruben obsessed. So this is what they look like. Okay, I kind of recognize mm-hmm. that. Yeah. And then when they're in their little, but they also smell like fruit. So what? This is a furberry, and that one would smell like red. That one would smell like red. Because <laughs> it, it's a red one. Here, I'm going to text you this one because this is the one you can put in the link tree. <laughs> okay, well, everybody, if you want to see what a furberry looks like, it'll be in our link tree. <laughs> All that to say, I brought my fur real friend to uh, um, Tangled, and I must have been a fifth grader because it was 2010, and mm-hmm. I was fucking obsessed. Yeah. And I thought, Flynn Rider was so hot. Mm-hmm. I thought Rapunzel was so cool. I thought Mother Mother Gothel was such a bitch. Like, I was so in. I just, you know when you just subscribe to a yes. story? You're like, yes. I'm I in. was into it. And it was, like, kind of before internet fan culture had gotten around to me. Yeah. Like, we, I didn't, we didn't have a computer. Like, I didn't have an iPad. 
So I just like festered on it alone <laughs> and it was wonderful. I'm like super yawny right now. So if you just hear me like making yawn noises <laughs> into the microphone, okay. I'm sorry. I keep trying to turn around, but it's all right. <laughs> <laughs> I've had a long day. <laughs> it happens. Sometimes, sometimes you have a long day and you just need to talk about furberries and tangled. Mm-hmm. I also have a memory of, of, performing um a personally choreographed dance routine to uh the when will my life begin song in my my kitchen for my entire family being like everyone sit down (laughs) it's time for me to perform for you that is so funny my sister was very much like that and i guess (laughs) i kind of joined in like when we were younger younger but when i was around like 10 11 12 i embodied the like I can't ever do anything because I will embarrass myself thing. Mm. Um, So then I was no longer about that kind of thing. And I still kind of deal with that. Like, I cringe at myself all the time. I think that everything I do is embarrassing. (laughs) (laughs) We're we're perfect for having a podcast together because it takes both. Mm -hmm. It takes two to get tangled. I... (laughs) Thank you. I saw this TikTok the other day where this girl was like, every time I go out, I ask my boyfriend if... I was annoying last night and he says, I don't think so. Why do you ask me this every single time? What will it take for you to not think you're annoying? And she made a PowerPoint to show him like (laughs) what things would make her feel like she was not annoying the night before. It was really funny. That happens when I drink. I'm like, I was for sure the worst. Yeah. And because Brandon doesn't really drink, especially right now because he races bikes, Mm -hmm. dating an athlete, hashtag athlete boyfriend. (laughs) LOL, so cute. He is so cute. But, um... (laughs) He doesn't really drink. And so I will drink. I'll have a couple Mai Tais and I'll be like, I'm boozy. And mm-hmm. he will be dead sober. And then I'll wake up the next day hungover from my two Mai Tais because I'm elderly now. <laughs> and um, <laughs> did you guys know when you turn 22, you actually become ancient? Yeah, it's <laughs> actually the fucking worst. Because not- we're like two weeks to a month out <laughs> each. And we're had no three, longer fun. I had three ciders. Only three. They're 5% the other night. Over the course of like 6 p.m. to 10 p.m. Mm-hmm. Three ciders. Did not get buzzed. I didn't go out drinking. Woke up hungover. Yeah. I was like, oh, I feel like shit. Stomach, such a mess. Mm-hmm. I was like, what is happening to me? I went to a show last week and I had three drinks over the course of the night. Two were cocktails, one at the beginning of the night, one at the end of the night. I was not driving, by the way. And in the middle of that, I had um, a White Claw. And this was over the course of probably like four hours. Like we got there at 7.30. I think I left at like 10. So eh, like three-ish hours. Um, Hungover. And I was so incredibly hungover the next day. I felt like death. Insane. Yes. Off the chain. What is happening? For reference, about five months ago when I was had three jobs, I remember one night I got home from rehearsal. I was like, that fucking sucked. Took five tequila shots back to back. I was like, one, two, three. Insanity. Insanity. Yeah, I don't know what. I was like, what a day. Woke up the next day, 6 a.m., went to work for three hours, rehearsal for eight hours, rehearsal for five hours, and just did it. After five tequila shots. And yeah, I didn't feel great, <laughs> but I didn't feel hungover. I I have a very core memory of when I <laughs> when I was on the board of TMA. And um shout out Braden Buckley, because he was right here next to me the entire time we did this. Full stand for um, Braden Buckley. But we were at Pua's house just drinking our asses off on a Sunday night. 
Love that. 8 a.m. board meeting on Monday. Mm-hmm. We woke up 6.30 a.m. We had gone to bed at like 2. Yeah. Woke up 6.30 a.m., drove to campus, went to an 8 a.m. board meeting. I It wasn't fun. I didn't yeah. feel good. But it's not. like That I- would literally kill me. If I did that now. Yeah, I wake up at 8 a.m. now on like a, I went to bed early. Yeah. Like, I'm just, I'm getting ancient. And I see all these ladies having their bachelorette parties and they're like 28. How? How? How are we going to get there, Abby? I don't like, think that's we can. Like, that's like a lot of years away. <laughs> Do you think maybe we go through like phases? Like, maybe we'll get young again when we're like 23? God, I fucking <laughs> hope so. Maybe we're, because we're on the like, oh god, I'm towards the end of college or out of college and now I have to do real shit and mm-hmm. that's its own hangover. But maybe I'll get I'll get young again in grad school. Or maybe we just don't do it enough. It might be that we it don't do it It could be enough. that. So is the answer we party more? Mm, mm. Perhaps. <laughs> Fuck. So much work being uh, 22. <laughs> it's we're not even 22 yet, by the way. My no, birthday's, birthdays in two weeks. next week. And Grace's is... Your, your birthday's exactly three weeks after mine. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Because I'm the 29th and Abby is the 8th. Yes. Well, anyway, <laughs> speaking of staying young forever, what are your thoughts on Mother Gothel? I think Mother Gothel is so camp. <laughs> mm-hmm. She is so incredible. I love her, like, like, obviously, I hated her as a kid because right. she is the villain of the movie. Mm-hmm. But I rewatched it the other day, and I was like, this bitch has got style. Like, she knows how to dress. She knows what she's up to. Like, she is out there living life. And honestly, if it weren't for the fact that she was such a shitty person, I would be here for it. Yeah. I have such mixed feelings about Mother Gothel because I think she plays into kind of a Disney bad habit mm-hmm. of um, kind of weird anti-Semitic coding in mm. some of their, in all of their villains. Yeah. And also weird, weird queer coding mm-hmm. in all of their villains where she just kind of feels like an old lesbian, yeah. an old Jewish lesbian in some facets. And I'd never thought about that until someone, I, I, re- I was listening to like some video essay and someone brought it up and I was like, oh yeah, like I guess Gothel is an interesting pull if you're if you're looking for that it is there Mm -hmm. i don't think it's ever intentional in current recent disney Mm -hmm. and old disney that man sucked that man sucked so anti-semitic he was bad and so i don't doubt that there was lots of racist coding in old disney so much that said i don't know that it exists in new disney as much as maybe it's like some of that is baked into the quote-unquote Disney villain aesthetic. Mm-hmm. I did think all of the nose, like once you once you see it, all of the, they just can't get my nose right. And all the villains have like big noses. Mm-hmm. That's a, a mainly Jewish um, a racism, racist stereotype. But it also comes to Romani people as well. Mm-hmm. Kind of those like exaggerated cartoonish features um, in a villain. So a lot of people talk about that's, you know, anti-Semitic coding. And I do agree, like, it can be really harmful, mm-hmm. especially if you don't have the dainty little Rapunzel features mm-hmm. um, to see this is what villains look like, this is what good guys look like, and this is what bad guys look like. I don't think we should do that in children's movies. Mm-hmm. For the most part, we've moved away from that. Yeah. So that's my critique of Gothel. Mm-hmm. Gothel in character design is more like critique of Disney at whole. Yeah. Like, come on, guys. But I do think they've moved away from it. 
Disney's moved away from villains as a concept recently. Yeah. They don't have Gothels. It's not really like a thing anymore. I think think the most recent Disney animated movie I've seen was probably Luca. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't really keep up with Disney anymore. I have never really cared for it. Uh, so it's not really a priority of mine anymore. Fair enough. Um, but I heard so many good things about Luca that I had to watch it. It's just a, it's just a vibey movie. Yeah. And there's Kanto, no Gothels. No, Encanto is like Luca in that like the villain is generational trauma. Hell yeah. The villain is our like our own personal issues. The villain <laughs> is most of us just need therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very exciting to see, but it's also makes me nostalgic for like, up even up which is a very like introspective film Mm -hmm. has a clear villain like there was a time when disney felt that it needed a villain Mm -hmm. and they've since decided since we were kids we don't need a villain and that's super interesting yeah because as a writer it's a lot easier to write when you have an antagonist especially Mm -hmm. action really action films require some kind of antagonistic force mm-hmm. because you have to set the protagonist up against it. Like Katniss needs President Coin. You can't just have the government suck. Mm-hmm. And they, yeah, mm-hmm. I could ramble. <laughs> we could ramble. I could always ramble. That's why we have a podcast is because we <laughs> ramble. But yeah, Gothel's song is fucking great. Mm-hmm. 10 out of 10. You want to hear a fun fan theory I found today on TikTok? I would love to. So the theory is that Gothel is Meg from Hercules. Oh. Mm-hmm. Because she, she's had this flower of immortality, so the fact that Meg is from ancient Greece doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Meg and Gothel are similarly, like, campy and sassy. Mm-hmm. Um, but the biggest theory is that Hercules is likened throughout his whole movie. He's likened to like a drop of sunlight, a sunspot. Mm-hmm. Um, he's like a drop of sun sent down from Zeus. Yeah. And how would how would Gothel know how the flower works if mm-hmm. it weren't for her having some sort of knowledge of how this drop from the sun came down? And wouldn't Meg have that? Mm-hmm. Or maybe Hercules made that so that she could live forever alongside him? Or, you know, if he were to go up and gain his immortality, would she have lived her whole life it's like this it's really not that deep but it's like gothel's meg that is really interesting actually i've never i had never considered that people on tiktok and like tumblr and whatever they really be thinking (laughs) yeah dude no abby there's this whole section that i found today of tiktok that is just grown-ass men, which no hate on the fact that they're grown-ass men. I just, you don't expect the content they're creating to be like, here's my Disney fan theory. Mm-hmm. But they're making like Disney princess fan theories. That's and it. like, Rapunzel grew up to be the stepmother from uh, from Cinderella. <laughs> and they're like dead serious, like frat boys, like making these videos about it. And they're like, no way, dude. Nuh-uh. <laughs> and it's like brilliant. I It's so... It's so brilliant. It's camp. I don't know how you find those sides of TikTok because the other day I went down a TikTok rabbit hole of crystal ASMR beef. They have beef? They, like the community all have beef with each other. It's really wild. Hmm. Fascinating. I will just go like Google. I will just search in TikTok. I'll be like Rapunzel fan theory. (laughs) And then I'll just find the hashtags and like just keep going. Yeah. Love algorithms. Going to the bathroom takes so much longer than it used to. (laughs) (laughs) That's very true. It is true. Um, So do you know what the first uh, animated Disney film to use CG was? 
like to use CG at all, not to be completely CG. I have no idea, but I'm going to take a guess and say it was probably like a few movies before Tangled, but I don't know like what movie that would be. It was The Great Mouse Detective. Oh, used really? CG for specifically the gears in The Big Clock. Oh. I've never seen that movie, so I don't know what that means. I thought, I thought that the first Disney movie to be completely CG was Rapunzel. Mm-hmm. I was wrong. Oh. It was Chicken Little. <laughs> Uh-huh. Yeah. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? And then Bolt and then Tangled. I fucking love Bolt. Bolt is amazing. Bolt, the director of Bolt directed Tangled. Oh, Or wow. was on the directing team of Tangled. Disney movies get lots of directors. Yeah. Whereas a, a Pixar movie will just have one director who's kind of steering the ship. Disney movies are very much team efforts, um, especially from directors, mm-hmm. animation directors, writing directors, story directors. But one of their directors was the director of Bolt. Hell yeah. And that makes me happy. That makes me happy too, because I love both of those movies. Production on Tangled actually started in 1996. It did? Mm Mm-hmm. So by the time we saw it, they'd been in production for almost 15 years. Since before we were born. Yeah. We were the target audience, but when they were making it, it was the 90s. Yeah. So it actually started... Walt Disney wanted to make some kind of Rapunzel adaptation. He was really passionate about doing a Rapunzel adaptation, but there's not a lot of action in Rapunzel. Mm-hmm. Like Snow White, she runs away into the forest and meets her seven dwarves and eats the poison apple. And you can put a dragon in Sleeping Beauty, but there's not a lot of inherent action in the original fairy tale of Rapunzel. No. So Walt Disney kind of like threw the idea out a lot, but never got around to it. Mm-hmm. In the 90s, in like this golden era renaissance where we have... Um, Hunchback, Mulan, Hercules. They were like, yeah, we're going to do a Rapunzel movie. Of course it's going to be 2D animation because that's all we do. Mm -hmm. It's going to be like another Disney princess. And so they put the director of Tarzan on this film. And it was going to be called Rapunzel Unbraided Hmm. um, was the title. And the um, the first rendition of the story was basically they made like full animation proofs of it was basically this evil witch pulls Rapunzel out of her fairy tale and then a man out of modern-day New York City and plops them into another fairy tale, and they fall in love. Mm-hmm. So it has, like, kind of steamy bad boy and fairy tale princess sheltered girl yeah. romance. But that's kind of the only thing that stuck around, except for aesthetically. Mm-hmm. Rapunzel maintained kind of this, like, classic aesthetic with modern humor, mm-hmm. which is really cool. Yeah. And they maintained that even from the 90s, but it, it went through... A fuck ton of workshopping. I mean, yeah. (laughs) 14 years Mm -hmm. worth. The original director had a heart attack and he survived, but then, you know, they brought on the director from Bolt and then he brought it in a new direction and then they Mm. created Flynn Rider and then they were going to, they were going to call it, let me check my notes. With the success of Pixar, they had like pitched this whole kind of dark, more hunchback of Notre Dame, um, really dark rendition of Rapunzel where... Mm -hmm. You know, Hunchback is really fucking dark. And yeah. they were like, let's do that again. Very strange pull, but you go. Um, so so they uh, they were going to do it. They pitched it. And they were like, yeah, okay, we'll make the movie. But you have to do it CGI. Mm-hmm. Because we've seen how successful Pixar is. We've seen how successful um, Blue, Blue Sky Studios had started to make films. And Disney hadn't really cashed in on the CGI animation yet. Chicken Little was not successful. Bolt was is a cult classic, but yeah. it's not like 
a Disney princess movie. So mm-hmm. they're like, well, it has to be CGI. And the animators were like, are you fucking joking? <laughs> we, we're not Pixar. We don't want to be Pixar. We're not making CGI Disney princess. Like, mm-hmm. that's not Disney princesses. So they're like, well, we'll see how Tangled or how Princess and the Frog does. Mm-hmm. Princess and the Frog, while was it was so important to so many people and it was successful it did not smash success it mm-hmm. did not do what they needed it to do to make 2d animation make sense yeah so tangled became because it was in 15 years of production it became their first cgi disney princess their most expensive cgi project and their most expensive animated project ever to that point because it was so long that they were in production for this story how long did it keep that title of the most expensive project. I don't know who replaced it. The okay. most expensive animated project. I would assume that once they got into Frozen 2 and computer graphics really started to get high tech, mm-hmm. they can jump a lot of money into computer graphics oh, now. Oh, yeah. That just didn't exist mm-hmm. then. Um, Alan Menken wrote the music. Mm-hmm. God, I'm looking that up because... <laughs> I can't afford to be wrong about that one. <laughs> I think he did do the music. I just get him and Andrew. It's not Andrew Lloyd Webber. Alan Menken. Yes. Alan Menken did all the music for it. Um, Zachary Levy, who plays uh, uh, Flynn Rider's voice, is mm-hmm. Shazam in the Shazam <laughs> yeah, action movies. Mandy Moore, <laughs> speaking of the Who's Your Mommy cinematic universe, mm-hmm. is in... Princess Diaries. Yes, she is. What an all-star cast. What a cute cast. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so that's how we got to Tangle. But it was a 14-year process of getting that show. You know what? It was worth it. It was. They really did that. It was also Disney's 50th animated film. Oh, wow. They poised it to be that. Like, you know, they kind of play with their releases. Mm -hmm. And it was their 50th animated feature film. I think I remember that from when it came out. Like, that was a big deal. No, it was today I was watching the DVD extras mm-hmm. <laughs> all on YouTube. <laughs> and it's, like, super heavily marketed. Mm-hmm. They're like, this is our 50th animated film. Yeah. And it's kind of cute. I um, I also think that Rapunzel deals with, like, very human struggles of, like, I don't know who I am. I feel lost. I'm 18. Yeah. That's normal. Mm-hmm. She's very normal. Yeah. She's just like me. (laughs) She's just like us. (laughs) I relate to her. I don't know what the difference between her and someone like Anna is. Because Anna is also, Anna in um, Frozen is designed to be kind of an awkward girl. Mm -hmm. But she doesn't hit the same for me. And I don't know if that's because I'm not the Anna target audience. Or because I'm like, well, okay, I am awkward, but I'm not like fucking incompetent. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I just never really liked Anna. I really liked Elsa at first, and yeah. then she became very cringy to me. Um, Elsa p- plays very much into this, like, I am sad, and I am reserved, and mm-hmm. my life has been so hard stereotype. Um, and then as soon as that's likened with someone who's queer, it's extremely stereotypical. Yeah. As soon as people are like, Elsa's a lesbian, I'm like, why does she have to be sad yeah. <laughs> all the time then? Yeah. I think that's probably why I related to her when I did see Frozen. Because I, I mean, when did that movie came out? 2012? 2013. 2013. Yeah. Uh, that was my sad girl I'm going through era. Like the Aww. beginning of it. Yep. Right so. at the precipice. Mm-hmm. I knew when I watched Frozen that I was supposed to be relating to Anna, mm-hmm. but I did not feel it. I was no. like, okay. Okay, cool. girly. 
I, uh, I, I really related to Rapunzel, I think, because I've always been, I've, like I talk about a lot on here, I'm always, I've always been pretty comfortable with my femininity, Mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean I'm not, I don't know how to like say what I want. And the scene where she's like, I'm the lost princess and she confronts Gothel about it. Mm -hmm. She's so powerful. Yeah. She's so, and she saves Flynn Mm -hmm. and she's so like, I don't know. I just, I love that kind of representation of strength and femininity. Mm -hmm. I think it's really important. Like being able to find your strength in the important moments. Yeah. And the story of Tangled was so exciting and is so exciting. And I, I truly believe that young people deserve exciting stories. Like they just deserve good media. Yes. Don't spoon feed them a bunch of crap. Mm-hmm. Like kids deserve just as like engaging and thought provoking media as adults. And it, maybe it's not engaging with the same things, mm-hmm. but like really the concept of Rapunzel wanting her independence is not that different from Ladybird wanting her independence. <laughs> like you just grow up, you go from a tangled girly to a ladybird girly. And you really do. Can confirm. <laughs> It's a slippery slope. Maybe we'll do a ladybird episode. I would love to do a ladybird episode I, at some point. God, I'm obsessed with that movie. Ladybird came out right in, and I don't know if it was like this for you, right? Mm-hmm. I was applying to college. Yep. And it was in the phase where I was at odds with my mother the yep. most. And my mom is like kind of at this point one of my best friends. She and I talk every single day on the phone, mm-hmm. but we were not always like that and she and i had a really stressful frustrating relationship and ladybird was exactly what i wanted yeah it was like exactly what i needed we'll we'll definitely do a ladybird episode it'll come at some point so we definitely can't get too much into it right yeah. now but yeah ladybird came out our senior year of high school mm-hmm. and it was her senior year of high school at odds with your mother trying to figure out what you're doing with your life feeling like a failure and it has beanie feldstein and it has beanie feldstein shout out beanie feldstein shout who just got beanie. engaged yeah she got engaged i'm sorry about the whole funny girl thing but you didn't deserve the, that you didn't deserve that just go be gay do crime you're way better than leah michelle and we all know it we all know it we love you i have to mute my phone <laughs> <laughs> us talking to beanie feldstein as if she's like with us hi beanie do you listen to our podcast <laughs> um someday I like to believe that people will listen to this enough and maybe Beanie will listen to this and she'll be like, whoa, two years ago, Grace and Abby talked about my (laughs) my engagement. Um, I did, I did a lot of Googling today on my work computer. Sorry, work. (laughs) Is Rapunzel queer? Is Tangled queer? Is Tangled inherently gay? Like kind of, because I really like to see, you know, the Reddit threads and like the people theorizing on it. Mm -hmm. And there's not a lot. While I would argue that it was made for the bisexuals, because you can't have a Flynn Rider and a Rapunzel and a Gothel and not expect the bisexuals to just swarm. They go crazy for that shit. Ooh. Eve. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Like, it has everything I want. It has a MILF. (laughs) It has Flynn Rider. (laughs) It's perfect. But there's, so there's a spinoff TV series that's 2D animation that follows Rapunzel when she's about to become queen of Corona. Oh, really? Which is the name of their country, is Corona. Hmm. Um, and it's following her. It's like, it has Jeremy Jordan in it, the Broadway actor. Uh, yeah, I'm familiar. With Jeremy Jordan. <laughs> yeah. He um, it has all this music that's like genuinely such bobs. It's a musical TV show with Tangled, but there's a character in it named Cass, who is Rapunzel's knight um, and like head guard. Mm-hmm. And 
most of the Rapunzel queer theory that I could find is about Cass being, like, just literally a lesbian. Mm -hmm. And, like, maybe even confirmed, but I couldn't find much about her being a confirmed queer character in the Disney Channel show. And it was, like, 1718, 2017. So I doubt Disney was confirming it at that point. Mm -hmm. Maybe now that would exist, but... I think a lot about how literally five years ago, queer representation in media was so fucking different than it is now. Yeah. Because, like, Cass couldn't... I doubt she was out as a lesbian in this animated series, but then She-Ra happened, Mm -hmm. like, three years later. Yeah. And that's beautiful. We love She-Ra. God, I love She-Ra. But Cass, a a lot of gay people, queer young people, really connect with Cass, but there's not a whole lot about... Um, Rapunzel and Flynn, except for people mostly liking Flynn. Because mm-hmm. damn, is he a cutie. I do think that Flynn would be bi if he oh, yeah. existed. <laughs> yeah. I don't think Rapunzel would have that concept, but maybe she wouldn't have a concept of sexuality enough to, like, care. Yeah. I mean, I very much relate to Rapunzel and, like, the growing up and being 18 and, like, You've lived in this, like, suppressive, like, environment your entire life and you don't understand a lot of concepts. And Mm -hmm. then you turn 18 and you're, like, grappling with all of this shit that, like, the world is throwing at you. And you're like, man, I've been in a tower slash conservative Christian school my entire (laughs) life. What the fuck is this? Yeah. Whoa. I felt like I was super informed as a young person and mm-hmm. then I realized I wasn't and I was very angry yeah that I wasn't I remember learning about the Khmer Rouge in seventh grade history mm-hmm. and learning about like American involvement in foreign war and I was like what yeah shut the fuck up I was not happy and I still learn something every day about history that I'm like literally what the fuck yeah oh my god American history especially Mm -hmm. I'm just like you fuck faces yeah (laughs) what's wrong with you but I think I also relate to Rapunzel kind of riffing on art constantly Mm -hmm. to like really leaning on her art to like get her through Mm -hmm. everything and I don't know that it's like a fully formed plot line that she is like a painter Mm -hmm. but I do really love that that's part of her personality it's also true of her in the Barbie Rapunzel yeah. is that she's a painter. Um, but I felt that way when we were quarantined during COVID. Mm-hmm. I felt so like, oh my God, I just have to keep making things or I will die. Yeah. Because what the fuck else am I supposed to do? Mm-hmm. And that, I, I like that. Watching that as an adult, I was like, yep. I wrote a 10 minute play every single day of March, 2020. That I was is like, absolutely insane to me. They're mostly shit. Like they're <laughs> not very good, but I just had to do something. Yeah. Very strange. Also, Pascal's a real chameleon. Really? There's a chameleon. One of the animators bought a chameleon and they were like, that's so cute. Should Rapunzel have a chameleon? And then ah. he made it and his name is really Pascal and he's in the credits of the movie. That's so cute. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Yeah, that's these are my Disney tidbits. Mm-hmm. I really dove deep for this one. <laughs> I'm honestly just here for the tea. Like we were talking about this episode, I think like last week or something like that. And Grace was like, I am doing so much research. There is so much drama and so much tea that I am going to get into. And I was like, all right, gossip mode. Well, it's just, I feel like 
at this point in my life when a movie has tea around it. And it's not like nobody got fired. There was no like crazy weirdness on this film. Mm -hmm. But people just still talk about this film a lot. And, And at this point in my life, I kind of... Like, I knew a lot about Encanto before it came out, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I had my finger on that pulse. But when I was 10, I didn't. I mm-hmm. hadn't thought about the fact that this movie was fucking bonkers expensive. Mm-hmm. Like, I am so glad they made that investment in Rapunzel. Yeah. She deserved it. Mm-hmm. She deserved the wait. Yes. And, like, that time. And I think they really were successful mm-hmm. in that. And I think they really timed the release and the content of it perfectly with relating to our generation of women. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think she was just enough because I don't know that some of the protagonists of today could exist without Rapunzel mm-hmm. be, be, and or without Tiana. Like, give Tiana credit where credit is due. Oh, absolutely. That homegirl made way for people, like, for characters like Rapunzel and Anna and Elsa to be flawed and be messy and have goals outside of having a husband. Mm-hmm. But I just think Rapunzel did it so well mm-hmm. and opened up a door for for the Disney women we see now who don't even have to have a Flynn Rider. Yeah. I think as a little girl, I would have been very disappointed if there hadn't been a love story, though. Yeah, entangled. I think so, too. I was still in that era of, like, Disney movies have love stories. That's yep. just what they are. Mm-hmm. Brandon showed me a TikTok that was like, which Disney boy is your guy? <laughs> and I think I was like, well, Milo Thatch, I think is who I said. And I was like, you're Milo. And he was like, I'm Flynn Rider. <laughs> and I was like, you are so gentle and sweet and like not Flynn Ridery. <laughs> I'm so sorry. But you know, he was telling me that he and his brother loved it, were obsessed with it. Yeah, I mean, he was, like, quoting it the other Mm -hmm. night. (laughs) He was singing along with the whole movie. And that's kind of special because I think what they did in creating Flynn Rider, who isn't just this 2D boyfriend who exists to be make the girl's life more complicated and making him an actual person with goals, I think not just little girls could relate to the movie. Mm -hmm. And he has a character arc, too. Yeah. He grows as a person. He Mm -hmm. has character development. He's great. Yeah, I really love him. I and think I, he's a fantastic character. He's wonder. He's my. He's like my favorite Disney prince. I can't think of one who does it better. No, I don't. I don't think I can think of one either. Riku, Li Shang, he's fine. He's a bisexual icon, but like Kristoff is kind of cool. I do like him. Kristoff's pretty cool. I don't think he's technically a prince. He gets to count because he, yeah. he marries Anna. I yes, guess. I did. Um, I have notes because I think Tangled actually follows more action movie tropes than it does follow romance movie tropes, which makes it very successful in my mind. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to read to you. I've been working. I'm writing a book Mm -hmm. and I've been working on the book and something I've been learning about is genre conventions. So it's not tropes or cliches. It's kind of just things that exist within all genres okay um we're all all things in a specific genre so mm-hmm. romances have their genre conventions action has its own mystery has its own blah 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 blah. um but the number one most important is that the protagonist is like us but different she mm-hmm. has some kind of or they have some kind of special ability something that sets them out and they're pretty damn relatable but they just have something that makes them m- have more potential yeah you know like magic hair magic hair is a pretty good example yeah the protagonist also has a very um clear goal by the end of the story which is to stop the antagonist yeah which i didn't think was true about 
Tangled because Gothel is the antagonist. Mm -hmm. But also, number seven is that there's a MacGuffin, which is a goal that the protagonist has until the beginning of the third act of the story. And then they realize that goal isn't their real goal and their real goal is this. Mm -hmm. For example, I want to live my own life and be free from my mother Mm -hmm. and not just see the floating lights. Um, Another important one is sidekicks. Pascal. Pascal and Flynn and Flynn <laughs> and the horse mm-hmm. and the fucking horse. Is I'm so obsessed good. with the horse. The only major one this film lacks is a mentor figure mm-hmm. who helps guide the protagonist. But I do think Flynn has a sort of mentory vibe. Yeah, because he's quite a lot older than Rapunzel. And there's a couple times in the movie where he's like, this is just part of growing up. Mm-hmm. Weird that they then date, but they don't get married right away. So I forgive him. Yeah. And she is 18. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She's 18. She's yeah. legal. And they don't ever reveal how old Flynn is, I don't think. He's 26. He is? Mm-hmm. Brandon looked it up. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Eve. I don't know how I feel about that anymore. <laughs> yep. Uh, but they do wait a while before they get married, so. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe it's okay. <laughs> I don't know if it's okay. Um... A big one is multiple lives are at stake, including mm-hmm. the protagonists and Gothel fucking mercs Flynn. So yeah. I think <laughs> that comes in. Uh, the antagonist needs to be clearly stronger than the protagonist. Gothel's stronger than Rapunzel. Mm-hmm. And they're also, the protagonist needs to have a stronger moral compass than pretty much anyone else in the story, mm-hmm. which I would say, yes, Rapunzel is naive, but she has a very acute moral compass. Yeah. And all of these things, if you, like, go back through, they're true of Katniss Everdeen. They're true of successful action story heroes. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you have to fudge it. Sometimes you're like, I'll give that to you. Mm -hmm. But it's exciting to me that it's framed like an action story. Yeah. Because little girls deserve that. Mm -hmm. It's the same as Elizabeth Swan to me, where, like... I just want to see them kick ass. Yes, exactly. I I was definitely a little girl who wanted to see other women kicking ass because I grew up constantly getting told that I was not very ladylike. The things that I was doing were not very ladylike. And it is rooted in my brain every yeah. single time I, like, sit weird or, mm-hmm. like, do something stupid. I'm like, that wasn't very ladylike of me. And then I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? Why do I think that it matters that i'm ladylike yeah that'll drill into you so fast Mm -hmm. too i am i think my grandmother on one side is very uh fixated on femininity Mm -hmm. and like you know i talk about my relationship with my femininity a lot and for a while i was like i'm gonna be such a tomboy and i think (laughs) that was rebellion but like i don't know i think rapunzel getting to have a love story kick ass see the world and and not, you know, like, not have that be a character flaw mm-hmm. is really exciting. Yeah. Where a lot of times girls wanting to kick butt is a character flaw. Mm-hmm. And why would that be a character flaw? I don't know. I mean, I just think it's, for a long time, it was about women being in their place and women having a role in society. And I am so glad that we are breaking out of the trope of women having a place. Women do not have one place. Women belong fucking everywhere. Yeah, why would... Yeah, (laughs) I totally agree. And, like, our culture, I think specifically American culture, has become obsessed with this idea of where a woman's place is. Yeah. And it's like, don't tell me what to do, bitch. (laughs) I'm... 
yeah. And, and also like, it makes me feel weird when I really like cleaning. I like cleaning my house. And then I'm, you know, I'm cleaning the house while Brandon's out and I'm like, am I falling into traditional gender roles that have been set up for me? Or do I just like having a clean house? Mm -hmm. I don't know. (laughs) It's just constantly debating, like, do I do this because I like it? Or do Mm -hmm. I do this because it was rooted in me as a child? Yeah. Or like cooking. I cooked for my brothers a lot growing up. Mm -hmm. And I've recently as an adult discovered that I really enjoy cooking on my own. Mm -hmm. And I like it for me. And I'm going to keep doing it. Yeah. But the first, when I met Brandon, I was like, I will not be cooking for you. <laughs> Do not expect that of me. That is not who I am. Mm-hmm. And now I cook for him at least three times a week because I just like cooking and yeah. I get hungry. Mm-hmm. And it's also been very healthy for me in my own body, body neutrality mm-hmm. is cooking for myself. Yeah. Gives me a reason to eat a good meal. Yeah. It's been healing. I used to cook a lot. Um, my mom is not a cooking mom. So mine either. <laughs> my dad's a cooking dad. My dad is not a cooking dad either. My dad Uh-oh. knows how to make fried rice and cereal and bacon. And that's mm. about it. Interesting. So nobody in my family was really a cooking person until I was in like junior high or high school. And I was like, why don't we ever eat anything good? And so I just started cooking like on my own. And I was like the primary dinner maker of my family for a good portion of high school. Wow. Um, and it just like burned me out and I used to love cooking and I just, I don't really do it anymore, but I am good at it. Mm -hmm. I took cooking classes like for a couple of summers. Um, because when you're not an athletic kid, but your sister's an athletic kid, your parents are like, what summer things do we put this child in? And so you just kind of end up in cooking classes. Yes. So fair. (laughs) Um, so So true. Like I know how to make a bechamel sauce. Like I don't think that's how you pronounce it. I think it's bechamel. Yeah, it is bechamel. Bechamel. (laughs) I feel stupid for saying it like that, but it's bechamel. A bechamel. I know how to make a roux. Like I know all the basics. I am pretty good at just putting shit together and it tasting good. (laughs) So I just, I need to do that so much more than I do. Yeah. Well, you don't need to do anything. That's true. But if you want to do it, you should do it. Mm -hmm. That's something I've been embracing in myself. You know, we can all take a lesson from Rapunzel here. (laughs) Girlie just, she's like, what am I going to do today? I'm going to do that. Mm -hmm. Whatever I want to do, that's what I'm going to do. Yeah. And I love that. I wish I lived that life. Mm -hmm. Don't wish I lived in a 70 foot tower. And my hair is too much of a mess already, but mm-hmm. like girly just gets to create and like exist. Yeah. I'm That's very beautiful. jealous of her. Yeah. Honestly, the like just having a place to your own. Like I know that Mother Gothel technically lives there as well, but it feels like she's out most of the time. Yeah, Mother Gothel's doing her gothely things. <laughs> So it would like just having a space that's your own that you can be creative in and just read and hang out with your companion animal. Your chameleon. Your chameleon. That would be nice. Yeah, it is. It's a dream. But not having to do work is also an important part of that. Yeah. Rapunzel then has to become a queen of a country, so poor girl. <laughs> She's like, I'm a very good painter. <laughs> I'm excellent at painting. Good luck, girly. <laughs> I don't think uh, Rapunzel really fights bad guys with her titties out. No. She's maybe a different example of fighting bad guys with your proverbial titties out. I respect her for it, though. I yeah. respect the, the keeping the titties covered. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, that's, sometimes that's the move. Yeah. 
You know who who's the mommy of this? We stopped asking that question and we've got to bring we it back. We have to bring it back because who's it's such mommy? a good question. Man, okay. I have my answer. I know I you have your answer ready. The mommy of this movie is the horse. The mommy of the, is the horse. That is my answer too. <laughs> Maximus yes. is the mommy. Maximus is 100,000% the mommy of this movie. I fucking love that, that horse. That horse has more motivation than I have ever had in my life. That horse has more personality than any animal on screen I've ever seen. No, that horse, I'm obsessed with him. He yeah. is the mommy. Homeboy has a job to do and he he's getting it done. But he has a small moral character arc along the way. Mm -hmm. What more can you ask for in a mommy? You literally, there's nothing else. He is perfect. Yeah. He's the perfect mommy. Yeah. So if you're not going to fight bad guys with your titties out, be a horse. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. I'm glad that was the ending. Oh, was that not is the that ending? It? Is that the ending? <laughs> I thought you were ending it. <laughs> in my closet. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Who's Your Mommy podcast. Before we go, we want to say a couple of thank yous to the people who made this possible. First of all, thank you to Ruben Ward for our amazing new logos. Thank you to Chase Franklin for creating all the music and transitions we use today. Thank you to Brandon Gorenson for our original logos and to John Gorenson, Travis Ward, Chase Franklin, and Brandon Gorenson for your help with all of our audio equipment. We love you. We love you. And we also love Linda Cardellini. Thank you, Linda, for being our inspiration. Follow us on Instagram, please. We'll DM you back, we promise. I'm not a person in my closet. <laughs>